is for informational purposes only. Information relating to investment approaches or individual investments should not be construed as advice or endorsement. Any views expressed in this podcast are based upon the information available at the time and are subject to change. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Anne, and on this podcast today we have Tyler. Um, and Tyler has been on a few of our episodes already. He is an analyst uh, for a large investment firm in Toronto, Canada. So thanks, Tyler, um, to have you here. Yeah, glad to be here. Perfect. Um, well, our topic this week is going to be quite exciting. Um, we're going to talk about some of the new uh, innovation that is happening, like the metaverse. And we're also going to talk about uh, inflation because that has still been the biggest topic of 2021 so far. Um, so we'll see what Tyler's opinion is and what should we be doing for it for the next year. So let's get started. Um, so what do you think about um, Facebook uh, launching the metaverse and changing their name officially now? Uh, honestly, uh, I... I, I... I think it's pretty silly, to be honest with you. Um, main reason is, okay, so let's be honest here. Uh, the, the official reason for uh, changing it to meta is, for, is to take a Google Alphabet type approach, right? Where they want to get away from doing social media and then and they to focus on, I guess, more, I guess, te- I guess uh, um other areas such as uh, uh virtual reality. I think that's one of the areas they're gonna focus on. But really, everyone knows the real reason behind this because they had a lot of bad press, right? With whistleblowers exploiting kids, you know, the the election stuff of Cambridge Analytics, it, and you know, Facebook is just a toxic brand right now. And I guess that's why that's the real reason why they want to switch, thing up, switch things up, right? But, here, but here's the problem, right? Uh, just changing their name is not going to change their, change their brand, right? Um, Facebook is a toxic brand already. And pl- plus, I mean, you move the Google Alphabet swap. What you really have is you have in, you, you have the appearance of how to describe it? You have the appearance of being a more diverse company than just having Google, but Google is all of its obvious revenues and profits. So it's still entirely dependent on it. And just as how Facebook, um, our meta is going to be entirely dependent pretty, pretty much on the social media. And it's going to be on, yeah, it's going to be on WhatsApp, Facebook, and Instagram. And it's, nothing's going to really going to change. It's just a stupid name change to a silly name. But, that's just my opinion. I, I, I've seen this movie before with, with Alphabet. So, hmm, Interesting point of view. So quite harsh on them. But what do you think about the concept of Metaverse, of how he's going to take um, VR and use that to replace iPhones and to attract developers to build apps in the Metaverse and people are going to move to Metaverse, work on it, play on it interact with it and essentially can teleport anywhere around the world with it virtually well i think they're gonna have there's a lot of soft that technology first 
Um, it's it's not a mature technology by any means. And one example is have you have you used VR stuff before, Anne? Such as have, have you, you used the VR headset? Have have you played around with Google Cardboard when it was out? Not really. I have only like like wear it once, and I thought it was really busy. And yes. I didn't do it. First of all, a it, it, uh, wearing it for extended period of time is not it's not great, right? If you're really dizzy. Second of all, um, it's the engagement of the senses, right? You feel really disjointed because really only your audio visual senses are engaged, right? When when you wear the headset, you don't you don't feel anything if you try to touch it, right? Yeah. Uh, um, and so it just feels very disorienting for people. It's just audiovisual, not even with balance and movement. It, it's, it's not mature enough yet, I'll say. And, and yeah, having a screen that close to your eyes is, is dizzying. And, and it's just uncomfortable. And, well, I, I, it, it is just getting, getting more apps on there will help, right? For example, obviously, um, the biggest um, use of VR is going to be video games, right? Mm-hmm. And, but... Um, I, I don't know if you've been to VR arcades. Some, some of the games are pretty cool, but they're quite limited um, right now. So having more developers involved would be quite helpful. And then, but lastly, it's a, it's a, it's a barrier to entry of the cost, right? There's not enough out there for VR to justify people paying $500 for a headset. So it, it, it it's, inter- it's interesting, it's an interesting direction, but I but the technology itself is quite, um, quite early stage, right? There's a lot of wrinkles to iron out. Great. So where were we? We were talking about Facebook's, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so, so yeah, let, let's just start over. It's just easier than try to pick up a broken okay. conversation. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll just ask. Yeah. Um, so I know that Facebook is now launching the metaverse. What do you think um, Facebook stocks is going to react to that? And how do you think customers are going to adopt it in the future? Well, so first, the shift, the rebranding to Meta, I think, is a a desperate attempt to get away from the uh, bad press that comes with the Facebook brand itself with them exploiting kids, Peter's School, Cambridge Analytica, and just various different scandals that involve Facebook at, at large. Um, so they're trying to re, uh, basically re- rebrand themselves and try to do more of, of a alphabet Google type of deal. But in, in the end, I think most, the vast majority of revenues are still going to be driven by Facebook, Instagram, what's that, the mature technologies, right? That are out there um, for Facebook. It's just like how for Google, even though there's different projects with Google X, um, Google's valuation and is it basically Alphabet's entire valuation is almost dependent on Google, um, and for very good reason because it's almost entire business, almost its entire business. So I think in terms of stock price and valuation, not really going to change much. It's still going to be Facebook. It's still going to be Instagram that drives um, the value for uh, for Google. I mean for for uh, Facebook. Slash meta. Hmm. Interesting. 
What do you think the main um, challenges and what are the success rates it would be realistically? I think the main challenge is the fact that um, virtual reality itself is a very early stage of technology. Um, and, and that there are a lot of uh, advancements, right? It, it's come a long way, um, but still virtual reality has us, um, they're, diz they're dizzying for the user, right? People are not used to having only audiovisual input for your senses, right? We use all our five senses when we explore the world. And it's different from, let's say, doing something on your computer in, in a screen because your other, because when we look at a screen, right? Your, your eyes are still seeing the other aspects around the screen, right? Um, you still feel like your, your environment for the most part. So, so, so your brain knows that this is just a screen in front of you. So you don't, so that's why it's not this, this thing. A is, B is also a distance from you to the screen. Um, but having a virtual reality headset that close to your eyes, it, it probably makes it so that it feels dis disjointed in that your eyes and your ears makes you feel like you're in a different world than what your body is sensing, right? And having that close to your face and having your, 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 your basically, that your sense of balance being different from what you see, that's very disorienting. But it, it has come a long way. And a big application for virtual reality is video games. And there are games out there that are very, very good with virtual reality, but they're very dizzy. And and yeah, it, it, only certain games with hardcore enthusiasts, uh, that have hardcore enthusiasts as fans are, basically uh well basically have the audience required to to justify it because the virtual headset itself costs five hundred dollars and there's only limited sets of games that are very good on the virtual reality headset so it, that's just the gaming application there are of course other applications that will come later but it is still very early stages of technology and yeah it's it's expensive and it's not very user friendly at the current moment, in my opinion. Hmm. Have you ever used a VR headset yourself? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't own a full uh, Oculus or anything. What what uh, I have used in VR arcades before, um, and I played around with the Google Cardboard when that was a thing. The Google Cardboard was fun, but it, it, it was very busy. Um, but, yeah, it's very busy. Yeah, and and I I don't I don't think people can last long, right, on the um on virtual headset. But from I I do have this to say though, when I was at the VRK, the better headsets are better at at not making you feel dizzy, because the because it's just more clear, right? The screen is more clear, so it's better. But you still feel really weird at what's on your screen, different from what you feel. So, yeah, that aspect. But it, virtual reality is interesting. It, it, it's very interesting technology, right? It's um, with lots of applications. Uh, I mean, obviously the biggest one being real games, but there's also, also applications for um, for people doing various forms of uh, training and education, right? What well, having the uh, enhancing virtual education and training for specific skills. 
uh, yeah, so, so, there, so there's this overall, um, there's just overall different applications that are quite interesting in virtual reality, but I don't know much about the space. So can't really say the probability of success, but I do have to say this to say that evaluations are not going to be dependent on that for the foreseeable future. Interesting. That's very interesting. Um, so I guess because of that, what do you think that's going to impact the whole tech sector? Like, how is the metaverse going to impact, let's say, Facebook revenue? Because it's one of the big thing, you know, like, I guess right now it would be called Mang with the new yeah. name meta. Well, it's, it's, it's still going to be Fang because Alphabet didn't replace the G part, right? G is still Google, right? And even though it's traded as Alphabet. Um, but in, in terms of this, uh, how it impact Facebook revenues, I, I don't think so materially in the near future I said, like i said the same situation with alphabet right and you have you have alphabet and uh and google well well alphabet is more than just google its entire valuations depend on google because google is basically almost all of its uh, revenue and profit and i i kind of see the same thing with facebook right this is still quite new there's no i, I this I I don't see there um, being a high likelihood that the that this new segment's revenue would make a material impact when compared to Instagram, Facebook, and um, and WhatsApp. Right? It, it, it doesn't have the same degree of user adoption. Oculus has been around forever. Right? Like it's not. This is not Facebook's first foray into VR. Oculus has been around for a very long time, and Oculus is owned by Facebook. So, yeah, this, this is not this is not something that is uh, brand new to Facebook itself. Yeah, that is fair. I think that's very fair. Um, yeah, so I guess that leads us to the next point. Like Facebook and other fan companies have done tremendously in terms of stock price over the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, so now that inflation is, is one of the biggest thing people talk about, like, what are your thoughts on, on inflation and all the inflation hedges? Yeah. So for inflation, um, I was actually expecting, uh, market pressing more inflation than they have this year, which is why tech has done better than I expected for the year. Um, I expected a huge cyclical value rally um, over tech because of inflation and expectations for interest rates. Um, for tech itself, it's tricky because it depends on what kind of inflation we get. Do we do, do we get a severe stagflation, right? Um, or do do we get more growth with inflation? Um, those are two completely different uh, pictures because if we if we get severe stagflation, what we end up having is um, in in a stagflation environment, there's just limited growth opportunities. But the thing is, you know, in the limited growth opportunities, you have to look at who has the pricing power over consumers, and tech 
as arc as uh, arguably more pricing power over consumers. But there is another aspect to this as well, where if you look at the cost composition, right? If tech has more tech companies have more variable costs, right? From wage uh, from wages and such. Well, while you have companies that produce goods having fixed costs and and, and environments with of heavy of long-term inflation companies with fixed costs would do well right and that is because in the f- fixed costs h- happen sporadically right so if you buy if you buy let's say um a, a, a piece of machinery for, a, for for a plant you pay for it like at initiation then you then you uh, dep- then you depreciate over time but then you, the book value as recorded is when you purchased it. So, so, so in terms of the accounting aspect, the your revenue growth is going to be much higher. With your your revenue growth is going to be much higher with um, companies with high fixed costs over companies with very high variable costs. So it, there are factors going for and against tank. But I think if I think if it's a severe stagflation with very low growth leading to central banks unable to raise rates at all, then tech is going to benefit. But if we get slow growth stagflation or growth or um, or, refl- or inflation with, with growth, then that's a completely different story because if central banks raise rates, it's going to hurt low, what's called the low duration names uh, such as tech because Oh, sorry, there will be long duration names such as tech because if, if you think about the cash flows, right? Cash flows are backloaded for tech companies because it, it, tech company valuations are based on projections of revenue. So you, you get that aspect hurting technology as well. Oh, hello. Okay, okay, you're back. Great. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I just finished talking about uh, the what could benefit or hurt tech in an inflation environment. But then inflation hedges in general, the best inflation hedges historically has been commodities. Um, most people think uh, inflation hedges in you know, precious metal commodities, but I disagree with that. Um, pressure metal commodities hasn't done actually that well compared to energy industrial metals. So energy industrial metals um, are probably the best commodities inflation hedges. Um, um, the commodities, the physical commodities themselves, not the 
not commodities companies. Our commodity companies does okay, but nowhere near as much as physical commodities. And in terms of what you can do it, it is you have an approach called um, trend following, where where you basically you buy the names, right? You buy the companies, or in this case, you buy the commodities if it's been going up, right? So that's called trend following. Um, so basically, it's, it's based on a time series trend. So you can either do it on a moving average crossover basis or what's called time series momentum, where it's just the past perform, where you just look at past performance. It's positive, you buy, it's negative, you sell. And that is, that is the best inflation hedge because you, you have the characteristics of, in, in inflation, you have, a tr you have high trending environment, right? With asset prices. And and as inflation drives up these commodities, um, and if you follow a trend following strategy, you, you are basically riding the commodities up, upward. And historically, that has been some of the highest returns for um, in the highest real returns in the inflation period. And secondly, an equity trend following as well, because. Uh, you, equity trend following is actually a very, very good defensive strategy in, in that in environments where you're not expecting, let's just say, you're not expecting spikes, right? And because in, 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 defensive, tra in defensive trend following, the profile, the payoff profile is actually like being long a trial that you constantly roll. Um, so you, you get a lot of positive convexity, so you get a lot of downside of protection. And on a more on a less quantitative basis, you can do materials and energy uh, companies for inflation production. Interesting. What do you think about Bitcoin as an inflation hedge? Well, um, I think we have to see more of uh, Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin became really popular after 2008, and we didn't really have inflation after 2008. So, yeah. So I don't know. That that's something that has to, that you have to, uh, I guess, see see it to see it. Um, but here, here, here's my, here's my problem with cryptos in general, right? Um, my problem with cryptos in general isn't Bitcoin in particular. Or Ethereum in particular is the is with investor sentiment in the Bitcoin space. So I don't know if you know this, but in the early two thousands, people lost. You know how we talk about retail investors driving up stock prices prices now, right? Like it was the exact same thing back in the nineties, right? Before the dot com uh, bubble. So it was the exact same thing, but then the dot com bubble bursted. A bunch of people lost money. And then people are like, oh my God, stock market is rigged. And then stop participating in the stock market. Uh, so you have very low retail participation up, basically up until this year. Um, you, you, you could recently see the same thing happening to uh, cryptos with, with Bitcoin um, being perfectly fine like in itself. But there's just so many scams and, and uh, froth in the crypto space with other coins, right? Like Shiba. Right, you know, it's just, and I think, I feel if investors get burned in those space, they'll just liquidate their entire crypto assets to try to mitigate the damage from, 
probably from those from the scam well not, not scam coins but like the the bubble coins or the and there are scam coins in particular so with, with those uh, yeah i don't know I, I feel like you, you're going to lose a lot of investors to lose a lot of faith in cryptos and which would drop down the entire market and just because the technology is revolutionary doesn't mean that it will just keep keep going up on a one-way street. For example, like using.com bubble as an example again, um, internet, right? They were, it's extremely revolutionary technology. It changed the world. By then, not every internet company survived, right? It's just like how you have to go through a changing of the guard where not every coin is going to survive the changing of the guard. And, and there will be enough turbulence that it will bring, the, I think it will bring down even the high quality names. For example, like Amazon suffered during the dot-com bubble. They, they did not come out unscathed, right? And, and, and Amazon's still around and still very influential. So that's what I'm gonna feel is gonna happen to Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's gonna take a very long time, but it's in the long run, in the very long run, it's a good, yeah. But it's a good investment right now. I don't know. I personally don't think so because I just think there's too much froth in the space outside of uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Hmm. But I see that in 2017, Bitcoin was down 85%. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now but yeah, Bitcoin but, has been like a new time high, higher than yeah. whatever it was before. But, but, but when Bitcoin was down eight, uh, 85%, it didn't have Shiba. It didn't have, it didn't have the other coins out there. It didn't have the scams that you see all the influencers promoting, right? So it's a different environment. Bitcoin is down because of Bitcoin. Bitcoin wasn't down because of other coins. Now, there's so many other coins providing profits in the space that I think that this com- is completely reasonable that what you, what you end up having is just coin, this is all the coins in general having, I guess, a bubble burst, right? And even though, even if Bitcoin and Ethereum are world-changing technologies, just like Amazon back in the dot-com bubble, uh, it's still gonna it's still gonna suffer a price hit, right? It's just, it depends on how long you can hold Bitcoin for. How long are you willing to hold Bitcoin for? How long are you gonna wait willing to wait for it to come back? Those are the questions. Right. That is true. But comparatively, in the overall performance, it's still very impressive. Yeah, it, it, it is extremely impressive, and it's and it's due to widespread participation. And right now, a lot more institutional investors are getting involved in the space through co-investing or crypto funds. So there's a lot more money piling in, right? It, it, it is not. It's not just a thing. It's not. It's not just a Bitcoin. It's not just a subculture anymore. It's, it's mainstream, and that's why I think you've seen. The rally to all time highs. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, I think we're entering a very interesting time going forward. Like, what's your overall advice for a new grad or like a young professional to be able to hedge for inflation as well as start their career? Well, number one for not um i'm not i'm gonna leave, make it more broad than just finance because i I really think that unless people really love to do finance they shouldn't do finance it's not a field where you just do it goes into to make money right there are other fields where you can 
make similar where, where you can make comparable amount of money for much less effort than finance. So I'm gonna make it more broad. So number one, stay invested, right? Stay invested in the market. Like this is a tough, this is a tough time where yes, valuations are all time highs, but you have no choice but to buy, right? Yeah, yeah, you have to buy. You have to be a buyer, even you have to buy all time highs. So that's uh, so that's number one. Yes, you, you have to keep invested because you can't you can't hold cash, right? You have to own assets, and and I think li- I'm a big fan of liquid assets because that's my style, and it, it kind of leaves you more diversified than if you just buy a house and then you're just stuck in the house, and well, and so this and so yeah, stay invested. Don't keep too much cash around. Number two, uh, make sure you're in make sure you're in a position where you're in in demand field where you can change jobs often, right? Um, so that you, you can get competitive wages right? because right now um, wage inflation you, you see very real wage inflation with entry level um, and your middle and middle level salaries skyrocketing so you have to be in a position where you're willing and able to switch jobs right to to keep up and the number three is uh my, my piece of advice is to go so, so, okay so so I'll go back to number two, two so what's into my fields right i mean obviously tech extremely in demand right and then you, what you have and then number three what you want is you want to Take care of your finances, right? Think about what you need to spend and uh, what you need to and uh, what you can live without, right? Um, to keep your spending under control, that's I, I think that's very key to to um, young to young professionals because big cities where there are opportunities exist, such as Toronto, um, are extremely expensive, right? Um, you, it's over two thousand dollars for a small one-bedroom apartment. So you have that fixed cost that's hanging over you, and after taxes, you don't really make that much. Even if your pre-tax salary is quite a bit, you don't really make that much after tax. Um, and rent takes a huge chunk of that away. So now, now you're left with how, with the amount that you have control over, right? It's then of that, how much can you spend? How much can you save? keep control you want to keep control yeah i think that's a really good advice especially for those that work in big cities mm-hmm. it's incredibly hard to save mm-hmm. and yeah. it makes it really hard for new grads as well mm-hmm. yeah um some ways some fun ways to save money for example for me uh i have been able to save money by living at home right um because of covid i saved a lot of money and now I have a lot of invested, and now this I see a lot of wealth growth over time because of the money I have invested. And you have to be able to take risk as a young person. Yeah, you, you have to be able to take risk, take the volatility. Um, yeah, it's, it's all about how much risk that you're willing and able to take, right? How much risk is too much risk? Too much risk is if it's unrecoverable risk. That's too much risk. I'll say it's unrecoverable. Um, so how much can you afford to lose? It you you have you basically you have to be willing to take volatility, right? For example, I'm invested in leverage ETFs because 
I, I, I need the returns from, from leverage. And, uh, but on the other hand, I have a, a very good job with high income so, and, and, and low expenses. So I don't really have, and I don't, so I don't really need the money, right? Like I, I can afford to stay in the market through draw through large drawdowns without having to take it out to for it to spend for me to spend it on, so yeah. So it, it, how much risk is too much risk? Too much risk is risk that you can, that you just cannot uh, recover. Do you think taking risks in crypto is justifiable for young people, especially a lot of the people in crypto right now are Gen Z? Well, I mean, if you want to, sure. Right, but you but then there's a difference between investing in coins that I mean that are people have a well researched opinion on, such as Bitcoin and Ethereum versus in trying to gamble on Shiba because people cannot tell me that they actually have an investment view on Shiba. It's it's gambling, right? It's it's trying to buy a lottery ticket. And I think that's why Gen Z in general have been taking a lot of risks with with um, options as well. Right, because people have generally a very pessimistic view of the world. They basically see a lottery ticket as their only way out. Without a lottery ticket, they are basically, I don't know, without having a lottery ticket, such as cryptos or, or um, options, they see themselves as being basically unable to make, make something on themselves, right? Because the wealth disparity is all time high. So it, the risk taking is due to pessimism as well. It's still a gambling mindset. So, so yeah, it's justifiable. I mean, people, people can invest what they want. People, if you want to go bet on black at Vegas, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's, people can do that. But it's just, you have to be honest with themselves on what's gambling and what's, what they're gambling, what they're investing. Right? They have to have a, 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 a really think honestly about are they gambling? Are they investing? What's the future for the coin that they're investing in? Right, except for the price is going to go up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. A lot of degenerates or apes, as they call themselves, in terms of like gambling into crypto. Oh yeah, like like, like in other lingo and stuff. I, I think that's hilarious because I was in uh, uh, like. I was on Wall Street bets years before people were like were thinking before GME, right? Like, I was on Wall Street bets in 2015. Okay, like, wow. and it it, it 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 was not it's not the same as now. People, like, let's put this way, people are having way more of a gambling mindset, and people can't take. Okay, back then Wall Street bets are more about people 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 were more self aware back in 2015. Right, and now people say if if your favorite flaw goes down, it's like um, or or the favorite coin goes down, um, it must it must be rigged. It can't be that they just made a bad trade. And so that kind of mindset is less it's less self aware. So I don't know. I I see it ending worse for 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 those people because they're less self aware than back in twenty fifteen. Right. So it's it's entirely different sub it's an entirely different subculture. Some of the, some of the lingo is the same, but the 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 core of it was different. Before it was self-aware memes. People are were aware that what they're doing is gambling and what they're doing is stupid. 
they're trying to make it rich or that or, or, or like or go broke trying. Now it's mm, uh GameStop must be rigged by Citadel. And that just makes no sense. But it is what it is. Hmm. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It's because also it got a lot more famous, right? Like, oh yeah, it went from a small community to ten yeah, million. Yeah, it, it used to be a very small community. Um, it used to be people who who know who 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 kind of know who kind of know what options are, right? Like, and kind of know these products, and they're they're they're, they're just trying to have a good time, right? At, at, at gambling. That, that that that's that's what it was, right? Like, it's all about uh, what's called lost point. And now, uh, mo- actually, most of those people have moved on to a new community called Super Songs that are all about mm, market is rigged and consp- and those conspiracies. So, so you do see a fragmentation in in the community as well. But yes, it grew a lot over time. It got a lot more famous. So, people who weren't around uh, back in the day. Uh, are the loudest voices. Yeah, I think that's very true. That's an interesting viewpoint. I think like the whole degenerates culture is is kind of crazy. Like that represents our generation. Like we're literally yeah. the same people. Well, right? it, it, it's trying to buy a lottery ticket. That that's what they that's what they see options are a lottery ticket. And here's the thing: it's this, it sounds less degenerate to buy cryptos and buy options than it is to go to the convenience store and buy a large and go to Vegas, right? And put it on a, a round blackjack, but it's the same. <laughs> There's just no functional difference. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised by that too. But the thing is, like, buying Shiba actually worked out for a lot of people, though. Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, people has also made a lot of money off of Lari, right? Just because it worked doesn't mean it was good. It's that's just all space logic. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's something to think about for our generation, especially that we're at the age where we are just graduating from university, starting our career. So many things are changes in the world, like metaverse and the tech industry taking over everything. Um, So it's going to be a a crazy revolution in the next 10 years. Uh But yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing your opinion today, Tyler. We really appreciate you um, coming on and sharing your thoughts in our podcast. It's a lot to think about, especially with our Gen Z um, and all the degenerate gambling going on and metaverse as well. Yeah, it's a different um, culture. Yeah, so hope to have you again next time. Have a great rest of your day. You too, but.